We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this special edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. If you are listening to this on audio, this is episode 1021. If you are joining me on the YouTube channel, it is episode 240. I am bringing you this as a simulcast today because I have an incredibly special guest. He is the founder of Go Long, a newsletter dedicated to enterprising pro football journalism, previously of Bleacher Report, Buffalo News, and of course, covering the Packers with the journal Sentinel. My guest is the one and only Ty Dunn. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn. That's T-Y. D-U-N-N-E. Ty, thank you incredibly so much for joining me. I cannot wait to talk to you. There's just a little bit going on in Green Bay right now that I think you may have some insight on. Hey, the pleasure's all here, Andy, man. Thanks so much for having me on. You, you've really, uh, like we were talking before we hit record here. I mean, you've really built up something that's exceptional that a lot of fan, I got to tell you, readers and listeners, they love it. So it's a pleasure to, to be here to talk about all of this with you. Oh, that means a ton. And right back at you, Go Long has just been absolutely incredible. Um, and obviously, you've focused on a lot of Packers stuff, which we're going to get to in just a moment. Before we get there, um, I do want to talk about your time covering the Packers because you did work for the Journal Sentinel. And I'm just wondering, you know, any like what was your time like at the Journal Sentinel? You know, what ultimately brought you back to Buffalo and now kind of with Go Long and kind of still covering the Packers in some capacity? You just kind of walk, you know, our listeners, you know, through that journey a little bit. Man, it was an amazing five years of my life. I mean, I loved it out there. Um, loved living in Green Bay. Loved my coworkers. I mean, Bob McGinn, Tom Silverstein, Lori Nickel, uh, my sports editor, Mike Davis, who hired me. Just the best of the best. I mean, it was like, you know, a covering pro football every second of every day that was something I, I will never be able to repay all of them. So that was amazing. I mean, amazing friends. That's so many locals right there in Green Bay. I mean, Kyle Kusno, Tommy Kanegi, there became a couple of my best friends there. Missed, you know, slugging beers with them down at Fox Harbor. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, the, the fans. Like, I, and I, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I grew up a Packer fan, uh, believe it or not, in Western New York. And so I understand that passion. It's rare. It's different. Um, me and my dad, we, we actually used to go to Lambeau uh, once a year. It was like a father-son pilgrimage of sorts. So that was fun. 
Um, but yeah, I guess to take it way back then. So that, that's like how I started watching the Packers. And then, you know, I, when I got older, I kind of, you kind of lose that fandom, at least, you know, going to Syracuse for journalism and interning out in Wisconsin. I was there for the summer of Favre, you know, writing for the Shawano leader and the Packer report um, just to be around it. And, you know, you start rooting for the story and not the team. It's kind of sad, you know, to, yeah. to see a lot of fans loving this all. But um, I could always understand the passion of the fan. Always. Like, it's just different. And it made the job fun at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel to be able to, you know, whether it's writing a feature story, doing the podcast with Bob, which was so much fun. Um, you know, Q&As, analysis. We kind of did a little bit of everything. But to, to be stated the fans almost felt like your boss because you could never give the readers of the Green Bay Packers enough. I'm going to tell you enough content. They, they, they want it every day. Um, so it was fun. I've uh, lived out there, there forever. Being from Western New York, though, you know, Buffalo area always kind of has that magnetic pull for Buffalonians. Um, I had the opportunity to go back to the Buffalo News, covered the bills for a year. Then Bleach Report reached out to me to just exclusively do the long form journalism had to jump at it. And uh, it was a good run, you know, you know, four and a half years until they pivoted a different direction and figured why not just go all out, create my own thing, cover uh, pro football the way I think it should be covered. And so far so good. I mean, really the Packer fans have been such a foundation um, for everything I'm doing to go along to, to follow me to this uh, new adventure that I'm taking on. It really means a lot. Yeah, I'm not the best at sucking up to guests, so you can take this at face value. When you left Green Bay, I'm definitely I would definitely at the time was like, man, that is a major void that you know somebody's gonna have to fill because you did such a great job covering the team at the time. And then, you know, to see you kind of now pick this up at go along and, and really have such a already a niche covering the Packers again, it's it's so great because it's in a way I know you left, but it, it now is almost like you never left, which has been really, really cool to watch. Thanks for saying that. I mean, it's, it's great. I love writing about the Packers as, as much as I can. And, you know, ha- having a lot of relationships um, on that beat, it's great to tap into those again, you know, whether I'm sure we'll get into it, but like, you know, talking to Leroy Butler about his life, Marquez Valdez, Scanlon, AJ Dillon, and, and this Aaron Rodgers story, man, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a doozy. So uh, no, it's great. I'll definitely try to, you know, cover the Packers and, and really to see the subscribers pour in, this past week with just a few of the stories we've had, it, it means so much. So I don't take that lightly. And if you're signed up, if you're subscribed, I mean, hell yeah, you can definitely count on a lot more Packers stuff through the off season. Yeah. And for those of you who are not definitely do it, it is more than worth the value that you get in return. You're doing the happy hours, which is super amazing as well. And again, there is a large Packers focus here, not just the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Great article on Jordan Love, interview with Jay Sternberger, interview uh, with AJ Dillon, great article on MVS. I actually want to touch base a little bit on each of those. I want to start actually with, uh, and I think you wrote this either in season or right after season, the article on MVS. Um, I thought that was a fantastic uh, article and you wrote, you know, why it's time to believe her why you must believe in MVS. And one of, I thought the really interesting takeaways from that, and I've actually used this when talking on the radio, and I'm sure actually talking on the podcast as well, is the the quote where he had, you know, the two different playbooks quote, the the, the playbook that Matt LaFleur wanted, and then the playbook that Aaron Rodgers wanted, and basically having to learn both of those, because it's one thing to know what Matt LaFleur calls pre-snap, and then the other, the, you know, what Rodgers sees at the line of scrimmage and is doing, well, whether it's in the huddle, pre-snap, post-snap, all of it, and just being on that same wavelength uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So one, what was your big takeaway from that conversation with MBS? And talk a little bit more about kind of knowing those two playbooks. That was a huge takeaway, you know, I, I, and he didn't even, he didn't mean that in a bad way, obviously. He, right. Look, we, we led the NFL in scoring with these two playbooks. Well, a play, but when you're up, up to the line of scrimmage, Aaron might see something that is going to completely change your assignment a split second before that ball is snapped. So you better as hell see it. And his points being like, look, you can go out and you can sign a receiver if you want, right? You can, you can sign a veteran that you think is going to cure all in green Bay, but that player isn't going to have that baked in relationship with Aaron Rodgers and, and see the things that he sees on the field. I mean, Jay Sternberger even took it a step further. He said on our happy hour um, during the draft that there was an audible, a signal that Aaron Rodgers made um, and it was from something that he did in 2014. Like, I think Jay Sternberger was in high school in 2014. <laughs> and, and, you know, Aaron apologized to him after the fact and everything. And, but it just goes to show, like, 
he does have that freedom at the line of scrimmage to, to, to do whatever he wants. And they found that balance and I'm sure we'll get it not to jump ahead to the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but it's like, man, if, if you're an MVP quarterback, what more do you want? Like you've got that freedom. You've always wanted, you've got all these weapons. You've got a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl back-to-back years. You've got all the money you'd want. It sounds like they'd offer him. So not to jump ahead of myself, but yeah, MVS, um, that was a huge takeaway. And just the fact that, you know, he, he felt like he was getting to that point. You know, De- Devontae Adams kind of had a similar breakthrough. Remember that yep. year or two in 2015, man, people wanted him gone. Like he did not have a good season, dropped a lot of balls, played a lot worse than MVS played last year. I mean, MVS led the league in yards per reception. He made a ton of big plays. So um, it was great. You know, the, the football interesting to talk about. What I didn't know, Andy, that was like his life down in, in, in St. Petersburg, the things that he lived through, the things that he saw. I mean, just everything. He said, you know, pe- peers, friends dying, going to jail for life. Um, just the worst possible things imaginable. He, he saw it up close. I think he really realizes the opportunity he has in the NFL as somebody who, who got out. You think of St. Petersburg, you think of vacationing with your family and all that kind of stuff. But um, there's so much more than that. And uh just an unbelievable human being. I mean, doing so much in the community with, with trying to uh, fix homelessness down there, you know, a problem that kind of it runs rampant throughout the country, a lot of layers to MVS. And yeah, I think fans should believe in this guy for more reasons than one. I, I'm right there with you, Ty. And, and just for, you know, history's sake, for whatever this is worth, I was never a huge MVS guy. You know, he obviously had the freak athleticism and, and all that stuff coming out of college. And then, you know, he really had his opportunity even as a rookie in Mike McCarthy's offense and running it right away by the end of the year, he was on the bench. And then Matt LaFleur comes in 2019. He has his opportunity right away. He makes the big catch early in the season. And then by the end of the year, he's on the bench and then training camp comes last year and I'm there and I'm seeing them and I'm watching them. I'm like, okay, this is a different MVS. And I still didn't want to buy in. And then of course, last year, he's got the fumble against Indianapolis. He has multiple big drops, but I'm telling you, there was something completely different about MBS through the course of last season. We started seeing it more and more, the level of consistency is play even against Tampa Bay. Rogers was a couple throws off just a millisecond off from MBS from MBS potentially being the guy that could have saved green Bay in that game on a couple. He already had the big touchdown and there was a couple, just a hair off where they hit like MBS might be the savior of the Packers season in that game. And again, just a fraction. They don't have enough weapons, Andy. He's the reason they they didn't have Antonio Brown and Fournette and Gronk. So I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on MBS. And that's the first time I've said that. I know people are going to say, well, yes, we've heard this before in 18 and 19 and 20. And then we see what happens. I I think he's really in, in, you know, going to be in for a big year. And I'm really excited to see what he does in training camp and, and coming up this season. And of course it's a contract year that never hurts either. Oh, totally. Contract <laughs> year. That's going to be the back of the mind. And how many just dudes are that big and that yeah. fast and can get off the line? Like that alone is something you do not want to just throw to the side. I mean, you want to use that some way, somehow. Um, I think he's part of the solution. No doubt about it. I really do. I really do as well. And you obviously also had those conversations with Jay Sternberger, AJ Dillon. I want to get to Rogers, but quickly before we get there, any big takeaways from your conversations with those two, other than again, the, the 2014 audible by, by Rogers. Yeah. You know, Jay Sternberger, it, it was great too. I mean, so we did like a, God, it was probably seven, eight, nine hours in total, like zoom happy hours during the NFL draft where subscribers kind of came on and I just bring on a bunch of random guests. Um, it, it was a lot of fun, but he, he came on talk about the draft, about the Aaron Rodgers situation, about his own life um, and his own career. I'm trying to think back, you know, one thing that stood out, he really got into the detail of his concussion. Um, and man, the, the aftershock of that was way more serious than I think anybody realized. And just, yeah. I mean, we, we tend to forget about that. I feel like we haven't talked enough about um, concussions these last few years. I mean, so much going on in the, in the world and the game. This was like the number one story in pro football, like, Every week, there was, it seemed like there was another headline that was really troubling, and it kind of just faded away. So, I mean, to hear him talk about just how much that concussion just messed him up, it kind of gives you the chills a little bit. Um, so that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, A.J. Dillon was just a wild conversation. You know, he's fun. Super fun guy. I mean, as everybody knows by now, he's really in the sports cards. And we, as a sports card guy myself, it was just cool to hear how he's – 
betting on himself, man, like trying to find all the one-on-ones and um, jumping in on these box breaks. And uh, I, I mean, this talk about physical for I mean, 250, 8.7% body fat or 7.8, just insane. Yeah. He went through his COVID stuff himself, but uh, that was another draft pick that was just widely ridiculed and just labeled a waste in the bus right away. I mean, there aren't running backs built like him, you know, ever in the history of the game with that size and that speed, there's, there's gotta be a role. I mean, there's gotta be a way to use him. And I think that back to those two playbooks, he was playing quarterback, but you know, those LaFleur plays in place are, are for a guy like AJ Dillon to really take advantage. I mean, he, he is somebody once he gets going downhill and if you give him the ball five times, 10 times, 15 times, I mean, he really could be a presence when they need him to be late. And I, I just kept thinking of Eddie Lacy. You know, I covered him yeah. at the Journal Sentinel, who his first two years, obviously, he was that bruising presence. He was exactly what they needed. You know, before him, remember, they'd sit back with two safeties and Alex Green, great guy, but he just couldn't bust through. No, nope. James Starks could when he was healthy. Um, and Ryan Grant, you know, he just kind of faded away at the end, but they didn't have that. They didn't have that guy who could take advantage of that. At least he could, but then he just kind of ate his way out of the league. Like he, he literally just put on too much weight. I feel like AJ Dillon is like everything Eddie Lacy should have been. Like, yeah, you won't have that problem with AJ Dillon. He lives in that freaking weight room. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, he I, does. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, I, I think that there's going to be a way to use both him and Aaron Jones. And I mean, I I, I know it all comes back to Aaron Rodgers, but like. Whatever happens there, this is a really good team and a really good offense with a lot of weapons that this current GM brought in. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about, I think, for, for the Green Bay Packers. I think that's true, too. And I, I think, as you mentioned, I think there's a lot of breathing room for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in that same backfield. And we saw it against the Rams where they used two running back sets. They motion Aaron Jones out wide, especially with the Rams who like playing their two safeties back. All of a sudden, A.J. Dillon, who was seeing eight, nine boxes consistently at college, had a five-man box in front of him, literally just running downhill. And it's just crazy to see you know, some of the options that Matt LaFleur is able to conjure up when you've got an Aaron Jones you know, spreading out wide in a, a potential of... Of a, like a wide receiver screen, basically, or a screen, basically. Devontae Adams on the other side, who you can't cover one-on-one. And then you've got a, you know, 230, 40, 50, whatever he is, pound bruising back that if you do a, you know, a, a smaller box, like good night, he's going to run right through it. So, um, and again, you've got the play caller in Matt LaFleur to be able to pull that stuff off. I thought you brought up a great point. You know, these guys, the Green Bay gets, you know, a lot of people don't always like their draft classes, they are usually in the business of drafting rare individuals uh, that, you know, that you can't always find on the planet earth and MVS, one of those guys, crazy height, ridiculous four three forty speed, just not many of those type of guys on the planet earth. Same thing goes for an AJ Dillon, like dudes built like a defensive tackle, but you know, plays like a running back and has legit running back speed faster than even Aaron Jones, who's, you know, seems half his size at times. Like there's just not many of these type of players and green Bay has a fine, you know, way of finding those type of players and utilizing them. And it's been really successful for green Bay so far. Yeah. And I, I guess if AJ Dillon and does end up being, you know, Derek Henry 2.0, the, the guy we have to thank is Mike Owen, Northeast scout for the Packers. Um, long story short, I actually covered him uh, at the daily nice. orange. When I went to Syracuse, he was a tight end on the team. And I, you know, you, you could tell he was a really smart guy. Then here he is, you know, one of the Packers scouts. So he, he found AJ Dillon. I mean, he he was obviously really well known, but you know, he was there when he was a freshman, uh, Brian white, the BC running backs coach actually coached Mike Owen as his tight ends coach at Syracuse and said, look, you got to watch this guy. Like he's only a freshman. Look at those damn thighs. Look at what (laughs) he can do. Um, So I think Mike Owen was on him from the start all the way through his career and and really pushed for him uh, to Brian Gudekins. And like you said, they, they do look for just, just a rare specimen. You know what I mean? And, and it speaks yep. to confidence and coaching too, that, you know, we'll, we'll find you these just this outliers and you just coach them up and find a way to use them. Yeah. And Green Bay has been so good at that. All right. Those are all great. Definitely. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Make sure to check out, obviously, the A.J. Dillon and the Jay Sternberger interviews, as well as the article on MBS. But, Ty, there's a topic that I think a lot of people want us to get to. That is of one Aaron Rodgers. This is usually starting to encroach on the time where when you're running a 365-day-year podcast, like we've had episodes where we've, you know, com- you know, compared Packers to Game of Thrones characters and, like, things like that. We are not going to embark in that territory, I don't think, this offseason. Thank God. Like you got to <laughs> buckle up and get ready for uh, a topsy-turvy offseason, to say the least. But you've had two articles recently, one titled time for green Bay to trade Aaron Rodgers," And the other one titled let the Jordan era begin Jordan love era begin in green Bay. Maybe just start off. What's your thousand foot view. Look at this entire situation. You've talked to a ton of people, players, former front office, you know, various sources. Uh, tell me just what you're kind of hearing, seeing, feeling about this entire mess, if you will. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. It's not good. Um, not really breaking any news there, Andy, but it's not good. And uh, it, it, as people know now, it has kind of been percolating here for a while. I, you know, From the moment that Aaron Rodgers kind of just put his future into jeopardy in that post-game press. Remember uh, Matt LaFleur's reaction? He was like, what? Like, course will be our quarterback i think nobody saw that coming like he's under contract for three more years if as long as you play at or anywhere near that 2020 level the ball is literally in aaron Rodgers' hand like he has total control like yep. you're the quarterback until you're not good anymore so i mean start there but uh apparently you know yeah it's it's the grudge it's the the principle of you took my replacement and i'm gonna embarrass you as as one player explained to me like his theory is like Aaron Rodgers is trying to expose the Packers like you know Jordan Love and may not be ready he's raw right now but damn it you took him play him um get rid of me trade me I'm I'm, I'm not going to suit up and there have been numerous sources and and I, I'm not the only one saying this you know a lot of the best reporters in the country covering this story are saying the same exact thing but like everybody keeps saying like look when he is dug in he is dug in like he he if, if he's a world-class grudge holder and it's part of what makes him one of the best quarterbacks ever, he finds any slight piss him off. He's going to use it. And this is the ultimate thing that could piss off Aaron Rodgers, the drafting of a quarterback. And I don't think telling him about it beforehand would have done shit. Like, I don't think it would have done anything. Like maybe he feels a little better. I think we're sitting here talking though right now, Andy, really. I think even if they give him a heads up, I feel like we're sitting here talking about Aaron Rodgers kind of drawing that line of the sand, but either way, this is where they are. The relationship isn't good. Um, Obviously the bomb was dropped day one of the draft, but and so immediately everybody's talking about, maybe they have this conversation. Maybe they have that conversation. Maybe they talk, they've had all those conversations. Like, 
they've talked about contract. They, they've offered to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league as, as Bob McGinn reported and, and to extend his contract, all those things. I, I don't think they're, they're not going to give up on Jordan love. At least they shouldn't, you know, they believe in him for a reason. They're, they're, they're not going to fire Brian Gutekinds. You know, I had one source tell me like, that's what it would take in Aaron Rodgers' mind. Like, you know, just get rid of everybody. They're not going to do that. So they're just stuck right now. Um, maybe time heals, you know, maybe there's this cooling off period and Aaron Rodgers kind of looks at it and says, you know what? The football stuff does matter to me because football wise, it's the best situation to be in right now. Right. Maybe the money does matter because money, you don't want to lose millions of dollars and you could be paid more than anybody else. Um, we'll see, but I haven't heard any change as we're talking here now. I haven't heard any change. The, the, the one thing I'll say is there always is that sliver of a chance that you know he's given himself we haven't heard from Aaron Rodgers like it'd be great to hear from him but we yeah. haven't so he's given himself that that out to sit down with somebody and chum it up and say this was all a bunch of smears all a bunch of bs back then you know I was never going anywhere and, it, and everybody would open you know would open up their arms and give him a big hug in Wisconsin they, they would because he's that yep. good um I don't know though I think he's dug in I, I don't see it going that direction as we sit here right now yeah, you know, you brought up the point where, you know, he's well known for holding a grudge, right? And I've I've said and I've gone on radio shows as well and saying like the Packers and the Packer fans have gotten the most out of this for the last, you know, decade plus, where he's held a grudge against every team that passed on him and he's wanted to show everyone that he can be an MVP quarterback and play at a high level and win a Super Bowl. And that's motivated him and got the Packers a lot of times to the point that they got to, and especially when they won the Super Bowl. Well now potentially not Packer fans, maybe so much as the organization is on the other side of that and holding a grudge uh, potentially against them. And I thought one of the, the telling quotes, and I think it's uh, everyone's maybe thought it at this point, but they should have known, meaning the Packers should have known of all people, whether, and I've said this as well, in a vacuum, drafting Jordan Love in that spot was very, very smart. You always want the quarterback before you need a quarterback. He's super talented. Usually you're going to be picking in the late twenties, early thirties. You don't always have an opportunity to get a guy with that level of talent. We saw what San Francisco had to get up just to get a player very similar in Trey Lance, who had basically the one year of success, had some question marks, high end talent. San Francisco had to give up a ton of picks to get to that spot and coming off a poor year where they already had the 12th overall pick. So if you're picking 29, you have to get even more to get up to that spot in a vacuum it makes all the sense in the world but when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and he's coming off an MVP season and when you know how Aaron Rodgers is probably going to interpret that selection it's really 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 tough to view that in a vacuum and I think again as the the source said on the quote they should have known and I think that's a fair assessment I, I can understand why they decided to make that pick I can also understand why maybe it wasn't the right thing to do given the situation they were in well said. I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, Andy. And it's like th th these two forces are colliding. You you have this personality in Aaron Rodgers that's volatile and is going to look for anything that pisses him off and going to use it. And you love that. You know, it's going to be a good thing. Trust me, I know. Right. You know, we wrote a story a couple of years ago. He had a few things to say about it. So you got that force. Right. And then you got the Packers front office from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson to Brian Goodkins, like, it's going to be very methodical. Like you said, they're going to think ahead. They're going to strip emotion from the equation. Like they're not going to take that emotion into account and they're not going to just invite you right into the, into the draft war room and, and have you break down prospects. Like it's just not the way it's done. Right. So maybe it was inevitable, you know, maybe this was probably going to happen at some point. It, a little sooner than people thought. I'm sure you talked about this too, Andy, but like, I think it's important in your mind a lot of people on the outside, like 2019, there were signs. I mean, I can remember a few Hail Marys falling a little short. Remember that Detroit game in week 17 wasn't pretty. NFC championship game against San Francisco. Yeah, defense got rolled over by Raheem Mostert, but like Rodgers wasn't that good in that game. Like you don't want to get caught with the pants down at the position. So they believe in Jordan Love. They took Jordan Love there for, for the reasons you said. It makes so much sense. And I just keep coming back to the fact that like, he's got all the control. Like he, he's got the ball in his hands. Like he, as long as he's a good quarterback, it's his job until otherwise. And which tells me that maybe he is just done with green Bay, like just flatly, just ready to, to leave, you know? Yeah. You, just got, you know, you can only have 
so, I know I've said this before. You know, there's so many stakes to chives. Maybe he's just tired of the routine, tired of little old Green Bay. And I don't know. Maybe he's just at that breaking point and, and uh, wants to get out and, and go somewhere that will be new, different, exciting, a bigger city, closer to the West Coast so he can do the Hollywood stuff and uh, a place that will give him that personnel power and control. Yeah, you got to wonder how much Brady's success a season ago played a, a thought into that thought process for Rodgers. Um, I also, you know, the, the thing that went wrong here is they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. If they win the Super Bowl last year, uh, I think one, Rodgers may feel the exact same way as he does now. I think if you're Green Bay, you, you know, you maybe come to an easier conclusion and say, you know, especially right when the Super Bowl is done, you say you won a Super Bowl. They had all the the contracts that they had to like borrow a ton of money from the future. If Rogers says at the end of that, you know, after they win it, that he wants out, I think maybe you're okay. And you say, okay, we'll trade you to another franchise. We'll get back a ton of picks and we maybe won't sign some of these guys. Maybe we'll release a Preston Smith and a Dean Lowry. And we start this rebuild with Jordan Love. You have so much more you know, flexibility coming off of a Super Bowl win that you've got more of a window to kind of play with in that situation. If that hell happens, maybe this goes a little bit easier. Maybe Rogers is happier. Who the hell knows? But they just could have maybe won two more games. Maybe this goes down just a tad bit better. Yeah. Oh my God. All the what ifs. I mean, and I know Ian Rappaport reported this what if, and I, I heard it around the same time. It's, it, it's very true. They would, I think they traded up. I mean, they were going after Justin Jefferson. Like, they, yeah, they that's Jefferson. Yeah. Like, that's true. Like, where are we now? Like, if they take Justin Jefferson, like, it's a not to, I'm sorry to, you know, pour salt in that wound, but like, it's a different, it's a different world um, if they do that. But you took Jordan Love. I mean, you know, the ramifications when you, when you make that draft pick. Uh, you know, well, if, if people want to subscribe to uh, to go along, I had a conversation with Ron Wolf today, actually. Oh, nice. And, and um, you know, I just thought it'd be great to get a sense for that that Packer way and, and, you know, just how it really is there and how it is different. And, you know, when he obviously made that trade for far, like he knew his ass was in. Like every, when you do that, you know, you're putting your career on the line. When Ted Thompson drafted Aaron Rodgers and then obviously when he stuck with him, when Favre on the trade, he knew his career was on the line. I think – I think Gutekinds is at that moment right now. Like you got to know, like, this is, this is your guy, like for, for better or worse. I, I think you just have to throw your belief behind him. And that's why I wrote that story, you know, just usher in the Jordan love era at this point. And unless you really think you can change Aaron Rodgers' mind, which I don't know anybody who has ever changed Aaron Rodgers' mind, unless you think you can pull that off, which I guess they think they can. Right. Um, Bring it on, baby. I mean, this is why you drafted him, right? This is your this is your career. This is your draft pick. So make, just build an infrastructure that's best for Jordan Love right now. Yeah, no, that makes June sense. June 1st, right? You got to wait till June 1st, but. Yeah, I, I want to get to that in a second, but going back to Justin Jefferson for just saying, what a phenomenal best draft pick ever by the Minnesota Vikings. Not only getting the receiver that is Justin Jefferson, who's fantastic, but potentially completely altering the course of Packers history and not being able to maybe finish the, the Rodgers career in Green Bay, because instead of getting Justin Jefferson and maybe even being way better a season ago with Jefferson at wide receiver, maybe winning a Super Bowl now creating chaos and divide in Green Bay. It goes down as an all-time, all-time great Minnesota Vikings pick. If you're a Vikings fan, you love it. If you're a Packers fan, you hate it to death. Um, but um, I do want to get, you know, before we jump into Jordan Love and kind of finalize things there, um, I do want to just kind of get your thought of, you know, John Kuhn, James Jones, some of these players have kind of come out. And this was since you had, you know, I believe at least wrote one of the articles, if not both. And they kind of maybe made it seem a bit more optimistic, maybe a 70% chance, I think is what John Kuhn had said. Any inkling that things have changed at all, or in your opinion, basically status quo, this is still not in a great spot, which it seems to me, that's what Ian Rappaport was basically reporting on Monday is basically that you know, things are still not good that they've had some discussions, but not good. But as, as anything changed at all in your eyes, I haven't seen any change. Um, and the players I've talked to sources around the team that it seems like it's in a bad spot still here. I mean, it could change. Um, there's time still, I think the Packers are banking on that time, maybe changing things. The, the, the James Jones and John Coon stuff is interesting. You know, it could, is that it's one of two things that's either like a sign that 
Aaron Rodgers is meticulously laying the foundation down for a return, you know, throw the Schefter stuff in there too. Whatever the hell happened there. Right. Something happened there. I mean, it's really, and that's a whole other conversation, but like all that stuff kind of happened at once. Like, is it, is it him? Like, you know, you know, gradually being warming up to the idea of being for the Packers in, in 2021, or is that more so a response to the backlash? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is somebody who, who cares deep what people think of him and the narrative around his name. And let's, let's be real. I mean, it was bad. I mean, people, the backlash, you see it, Andy. I mean, these fans, um, I mean, it's the G on the helmet more than the name on the back. And I think like they kind of, they, they're smart. These fans are smart. They know that Aaron Rodgers want, wants out. Brett Favre wanted back in. It's a huge difference. And yep. I think that they were like, looking at this man, you got three years. It's your job. MVP team's great. What the hell? Maybe that backlash was so strong that it's okay. You know, James Jones, John Kuhn, Devontae Adams today, I think when I Colin Cowherd yep. and just softened it a little bit. Cause there hasn't been um, the backlash doesn't seem nearly as bad right now um, as we tape this Monday night, than than it was even what Wednesday, Thursday, last week. No, last week as I was going on a bunch of different radio shows because everyone wanted to talk Aaron Rodgers. It was crazy. It was the week after the draft, and I talked more about Jake Kummerow than I did any Packers draft pick <laughs> last week. That's a true story. Uh, but as I was talking to everyone, everyone was surprised, you know, when they said, you know, the fans mostly seem on Aaron Rodgers' side. I said it's mostly been split from my viewpoint. Like, there's definitely those that have been supporting Rodgers. There's definitely a bunch that were supporting the team. To me, it seemed a bit more split and they were surprised by that. They thought most people would be supporting uh, of Rogers as I talked to people on the national side of things. But as you pointed out, I do think, especially once Schefter talked um, on the Dan, or was it Dan Patrick show that seemed to flip things a little bit to say like, and we, we don't need to get into all of this, but like, it seemed to be more of like the media's at fault and, and big media and like Rogers still wants to be a Packer. And it was just like a totally different thing. And I think obviously there's things need to be compartmentalized there, right? Like the Rogers Packer stuff happened is happening. He's not happy. We know that. And we know that mostly because Schefter broke that news and that happened. Something else happened and Schefter probably didn't use the right words the way that he could have or should have when he initially broke the news and kind of backtracked a little bit. There's something else there, probably didn't handle it a million percent the perfect way all the way around. And again, we don't have time to get into all of that, but the, the first fact that something was broken and wrong and that Rogers wanted out at some point, whether that's still the case today, who knows, but that is true. And that was broken by Adam Schefter. So yeah, I don't know. Again, we can go in a million different directions there. I mean, the ratings they said were going to be pretty bad for the draft too. I remember, maybe it was on PFT. There, there was a prediction that the ratings were going to be down. I don't know. Maybe you you, you throw that in there. Everybody's going to be tuning in. You know, yeah. with that timing. I mean, maybe maybe there's something to that. Um, but it is it is odd and it's strange. And in terms of, you know, I think I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but like. I think he said like it, it wasn't an Aaron Rodgers source. I mean, he said, came out and said that, which man, that blows my mind because I have a really hard time believing that the Packers would just sabotage themselves. You know, well, he said it wasn't an Aaron Rodgers source and that it wasn't a team source. So he said it wasn't from either side specifically. So that's where he kind of left. And then I think it got misconstrued yeah. because there's a part, part where he says, Dan, there was no source. And then Dan cuts him off and he's like, I know, I know. And it looks like he's about to say there was no source on that day. And let's, if you go back and watch it clearly, like it looks like he's about to say there was no source directly on that day that called me and said something. And then that's where he said it was like an accumulation of information or whatever. But to me, it all it meant was that he had an accumulation of sources over the course of months or weeks or whatever it was that helped him get to this point. It wasn't that he never had a source, but he did say I, this wasn't specifically a team source and it wasn't specifically an Aaron Rodgers source. So again, we're in no man's he land. He does a great job. You know, it's hard to, he's one, it's hard to sit here and, you know, analyze right. one of the goats, you know, I mean, Adam exactly. Schefter's Adam Schefter for, for a reason. So like you said at the top, like number one, the substance of, the reporting is 100% where everybody is right now. Right. 
Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's, yeah, people have been asking me to do a video on it. And it's like, listen, I, I can try my best to pretend to break down a prospect on film and things like that. It is very tough for me to break down the process of somebody like Adam Schefter and say what he knew, what he didn't knew, do, or, you know, and, you know, is there the cynicism of, you know, was they, were they just driving ratings on draft day? Like I'm not a cynic in that regards, but whatever, who knows? That's like a little bit, a whole nother story. Let's wrap things up here with, I do want to go into, because this last article, you you know, with, you know, let the Jordan era begin in Green Bay. There's a lot of great stuff that was said about Jordan Love in that article. What were some of your big takeaways of, you know, things that maybe people said that maybe led you to believe that this could be the guy, whether this year or down the road? He's the real beautiful mystery here. <laughs> he is. You know, he, he, I mean, because nobody really knows. I think like in, in terms of um, that rookie year in Green Bay, Right. So he's on the scout team all year and he's pretending to be somebody else. And the coaches are constantly in his ear telling him things. And I, I feel like any reports or tweets or even thoughts, like even I've had a, I had a player tell me, yeah, I'm about as ready to play quarterback as Jordan Love is. And then this player's like, well, you know, he wasn't even able to be himself all year. So that, that, I think that's why Green Bay is here. They don't really know. It's not, it's not necessarily that Jordan Love was trashed as a rookie. It's just like you, you didn't see any preseason. You didn't see anything in the regular season. You really didn't see much in practice because he's on the scout team. So, I mean, well, they don't know. We don't know. And that's kind of why I wanted to do a Jordan Love story. It's like, who does know? Well, he's with this private quarterback coach through Armed and Dangerous named Steve Calhoun. He's worked with Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, a bunch of quarterbacks. And I mean, I think it's really interesting as we wrote, not to give uh, too much away if people want to check it out, but like the Packers have been Matt LaFleur, Luke Etsy, they're, they're sending Steve Calhoun stuff every week uh, to work on, you know, detail fun plays, whatever, what have you like, and they're working on it. They're throwing twice a week. They're breaking film down. Steve Calhoun has two different cameras set up right on the field. One in the front, one in the back studying the iPad. I mean, they're trying to simulate the real thing as much as they can because he hasn't been in the real thing. And then other people who know him best. I mean, gosh, it's his college wide receiver, COC Mariner. I mean, he's not shy and compare him to Patrick Mahomes with what he can do improvisationally and moving around. And I think that, you come back to that type of comparison because Mark Ross put it really well and he's worked in front offices for, for the last 20 years. He loved Jordan love at NFL network. Now um, loved him out of college, loved more than Herbert and Tua. He just said like, nothing was ever just set. Like nothing was ever take the ball, take a drop back, had that one Mississippi two Mississippi guys wide open, throw it like, Every single play was an odyssey in 2019 for this guy. And that means something. That's a great thing when you're trying to find an NFL quarterback because nothing's ever perfect in the pocket. Uh, so I think that there's a lot to love there. And, and he just has a strongest, just incredibly strong arm. Like, yeah, you, you see it on the highlights, like, and, and his backup quarterback talking to him, Utah State, he's like, man, people don't understand. When you see this up close. I mean, he can just be rolling either way, flip his hips around, fling it 40, 50, 60 yards. That means something. So they, they took him for a reason. He was drafted in the first round for a reason. Is he ready? Probably not. You know, he's really raw, but, but, but you're in, you're in it. So, so build it, build an infrastructure that's best for him, I think. And I don't know. I mean, I don't think fawning over Aaron Rodgers at least publicly is going to do anything. I don't know what's going to change his mind at this point, but you just might have to start this a year earlier than you thought. Yeah, no, I could I'd definitely see that being the case. Yeah, I went back and I watched a ton last year at this time, a ton of like pretty much all of his 2018 tape and then all of his 2019, 2019 tape. To me, Jordan Love's 2018 stuff is as good, if not better than anything Pat Mahomes did in college. Like to, it's legitimately that good. Now his 2019 was a little bit more Deshaun Kaiser type-esque. Like it just wasn't as good. You saw the talent. You didn't see necessarily the production a lot changed. Uh, the you know coaching staff and coordinators were different. The players were around him were gone. He's going up against teams where literally the other 10 players uh, matched up against, you know, the Alabama, I I figured it was Alabama or which team he played. They played one high end team. LSU. LSU. Thank you. Um, You know, every single one of those 10 players were outmatched by the 10, you know, on the other side of the field, right? Like just not great situations or scenarios. Then I was there obviously in training camp last year and he comes in and, you know, for whoever, you know, said like, I'm ready as ready as Jordan Love. Yeah. Like he, there wasn't the distance between, 
like love and Tim Boyle was enough to be like, okay, there is a long ways to go here. Like Tim Boyle was clearly, and this is not me as a Tim Boyle stand. This is me legitimately just in, you know, there, like there was a huge difference between, you know, Tim Boyle and Jordan Love last year, but you go back to your point, no rookie mini camps, no OTAs, no preseason. And literally that those training camp practices we were at, that was his first time, touching a football with these Packer teammates and he's running number three behind Rogers behind Boyle. The amount of snaps he's getting is minimal. And then you go into season. That's a team that's fighting for a Super Bowl berth. Rogers is going to get his whatever lion's share of snaps he needs or wants to get any leftovers are going to go to Tim Boyle in case something would happen. Cause he's the backup. And as you mentioned, Tim Boyle is going to get the, the scrap heap of, of uh, scout team snaps that he can get whenever he can get them, not even running the Packers stuff that if he's, not ready that that should be no surprise to anyone he's been given no chance to be ready at this point so I, I think that's why it goes back to you know people saying like they thought that the Packers have this drop dead date of when they're going to move from Rodgers to love I don't think they I think they would love to kept that option open if things went wrong with Rodgers or things went great with love I don't think they had any drop dead date of like this is when we're making the transition because there's no way even they could know what Jordan Love is at this point so true. And that's the value of OTAs of minicamp yep. um, to, to be in there and see what he can, what he can do with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scandley, Amari Rogers, all these guys like get those reps and see how he commands the room, the huddle picks up the offense. There's a value to those snaps now, and you can kind of wait to see this out a little bit. It's so important to remember too. I know it's different now with, with, Twitter and we needed like to know answers to everything in this moment right now because it's so important. 2005, Bob McGinn has a story. I linked it um, in our Jordan Love story. Just to, I mean, it kind of gets lost, but like he was not good in training camp. I mean, Bob no. wrote how like Craig Nall outperformed him, and Big time. it was only because Rodgers was the first round pick that he was the number two. And whenever you did see him in the preseason or that, you know, I think he was in like a Ravens Monday night game at some point. It wasn't pretty like, nope. so it's going to take time, you know, it, it's going to, and there might be, they might go five and 11 this year with Jordan Love. Guess what? They went six and 10 with Aaron Rodgers in year one. And that was after he waited three years. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, we tend to think it's going to be all scary on the other side. Like it's apocalyptic and oh my God, <laughs> life post Rodgers is going to be terrible. But like, Maybe not, right? Maybe not. Maybe Jordan Love's really, really good. And I think Brian Gutekunst deserves that benefit of the doubt. For every Bulls past Jordan, there's a Packers post Favre. You know, sometimes these things can work out and sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, but only time is going to tell. My last question for you, when do you see the drop dead date being for Green Bay where they're just, you know, they're obviously dug in now, don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers. At what point, if they don't get anything back from Rogers of saying like, this is potentially going to improve at what point do you, do they have to seriously consider, all right, it's time to trade. Cause to me, if you start going into training camp, like things get really ugly, really fast where, yeah, it, it, it just starts to poison your entire season, whether he comes back or not. Right. So like, to me, it's got to almost be before that point because it's Rogers, maybe they're willing to wait it out even longer. But to me, time is a little bit on Aaron Rodgers' side in this, that I think the heat starts to turn up on green Bay. If Rogers still continues to say, I'm out, I'm not going to be there. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that this is just, you know, gut feeling. I think it yep. would be the start of training camp. I don't think you, I mean, can you imagine if it's still a yeah. thing? Day one of training camp. I mean, the the coverage of that, it's going to, you know, put OA to shame. It, it's going to be madness. So I, I think that you'd want to have it figured out by that. And really by day one of training camp, as a team, we all, and I fell into this when I was on the beat too. Like you think there's all these training camp battles and like all of these <laughs> roster spots up for grabs. Like usually most shit's already figured out. Like a lot of it, like you're just kind of like dotting the I's, crossing the T's. These coaches have a, have a good sense for what they're going to do, what their team is going to look like and what the realistic expectations are going to be. Boom, July 27th or whenever it starts. So, so if you're Green Bay, like I would want to know, like for the, for, for, the sake of the team, like let's think about this is bigger than Aaron Rodgers. There's a team to consider here. Yep. You, you better have it in place. You better have a vision and a message ready to go day one in the training camp. So regardless of money and negotiations and, you know, whatever the list of demands is for Aaron Rodgers, like I, I think the Packers have an opportunity to be decisive 
and going the offensive here instead of playing defense, trying to convince somebody to play when he's to play. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Ty, before we get you out of here, where can we find your work? Tell us about Go Long and uh, how we can follow you on Twitter. No doubt. No, thank thank you very much. And again, thanks to, I mean, all of the, the, the Packer fans. It's been phenomenal to just see a lot of familiar faces and interact with a lot of people from the Journal Sentinel days too. Um, but if you go to golongtd.com, you can subscribe there. It's seven a month, 70 a year. You know, a couple cups of coffee a month is my sales pitch, right? And, uh, you know, get every article right to your email inbox. And um, you can sign up for the free list. There's like a separate free mailing list where I'll throw the occasional story there. But I'm going to be honest, a lot of this Packers stuff, man, we're we're making a premium for the subscribers. So um, I, I think it's worth getting in now because this story, um, it's not going away and I try to find different ways to cover it you know, as, as much as I can. Also, um, these happy hours are a lot of fun. So that's just for subscribers every Friday night. I get a player from around the league on, um, former player, current player. We just all drink beer, hear all war stories, ask these guys whatever you want. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think. We've had Vince Williams, Andy Janovich, Allen Robinson, Ryan Leaf, um, Doug Whaley, the Bills GM, came on, a bunch of draft prospects. So, yeah, yeah, they get a good time. It would be great just to meet people, too, on there. Yeah, guys, you don't sign up for the free version. Sign up for the, the, the paid version. It's more than worth it, um, especially with the stuff that Ty's been doing with the Packers. Even if you're not a Packer fan and for some reason you're listening to a 365-day-a-year Packer podcast, sign up anyway. There's a ton of other stuff out there that you will certainly enjoy. You can follow, again, Ty on Twitter, at Ty Dunn. That's T-Y-D-U-N-N-E on Twitter. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. I will be right back here tomorrow on the video version. If you have not subscribed, please make sure to do that as as well. Uh, if you're listening on the audio version, uh, we'll be right back here tomorrow as well because we do this 365 days a year also. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to give those five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. That's going to do it for Ty Dunn. I'm Andy Herman. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.